Thank you so much for tuning in to the What's Good Dough podcast. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you share it. If you want to get in touch with me, follow us on Instagram at What's Good Dough. And remember to always ask, What's Good Dough? Working that day, and it 
literally came out during the daytime and I just had no time to watch it. But I did get to sneak in part of it during my break and basically caught the part where Tony Gemignani talked about the effects of COVID-19 on the restaurant business. I really wanted to watch his segment because Tony is someone that I truly respect. He is an OG in this game and has been doing pizza before it was even cool. And he is just someone I look up to. He's signed my personal copy of the Pizza Bible, and I've been to two of his restaurants and I love his pizzas. Much respect to the guy. When he shared with us the numbers of his restaurants, I was really shocked, but I was hopeful. He mentioned that the night before Shelter in Place kicked in, it was business as usual at Tony's Pizzeria Napolitana, the restaurant that I've been to. For those of you who haven't been there before, it's one of Tony's sit-down restaurants, and he serves a bunch of his famous pies there and has a cool-looking bar. It's, it's actually a really cool place, and I enjoyed my visit there very much. Anyway, he said that it was business as usual the day before Shelter in Place was announced, and then the following day, bam, business dropped. Tony owns multiple restaurants, and what he noticed was that all of the restaurants that were near any government buildings basically dropped significantly in business. He's thinking like 70% drops versus some of his restaurants located in residential areas that only dropped 15%. While that is a huge, huge hit on any business, I'm hopeful and almost certain that Tony's brand and his pizza will survive all of this and that he's going to be okay. Now, I did say I would be hopeful that most pizzerias will make it because he did make it seem as if people were getting tired of sheltering in place and that business was starting to pick up again as people got tired of staying home and cooking and they just needed a break from the regular routine. And so he did notice some pickup in business, but ultimately still a devastating hit for many businesses, including his. Another talk that I was truly, truly impressed by was one hosted by Sammy Mandel. The reason his talk caught my eye was because he was known as the 2018 Pizza Today's Young Entrepreneur of the Year. And I thought, what an amazing honor and award. I must be able to learn a lot from this guy. So I dove right in and I was right to have done so. Sammy is the owner of Greenville Avenue Pizza Company in Texas also known as Gapco. His story is about dedication and hard work, persistence and never giving up, and thinking outside of the box in order to survive and thrive. He went from slanging ATMs at bars and dropping $250,000 onto a business that required him to work almost 16 hours a day, maybe even more. To survive, to be able to survive, he had to wash dishes make pizzas, take all the unsold pizzas and sell them to drunk college students at the end of the day just to make sure that he had enough money to pay his staff. He dealt with so much debt and even had his car repoed just because he couldn't pay his bills. But he was able to stick it through long enough for the stars to align for him. Now I'm definitely not saying he got lucky, but he was able to make the right moves and his hard work paid off. Now he's doing so much in gross revenue. He is able to hire a management team, a creative director, open up a second location, and reinvest in his business to continue to allow himself to be a top dog in the industry. So what were his secrets? Well, you have to watch the videos to find out, but for the most part, it seemed like a lot of it came down to business fundamentals, networking, 
and freeing up your time so that you're not working in the business, but on the business. Another talk I found super interesting was about how pizzerias price their menus. Now you may think that this is specifically catered to businesses, which it pretty much is. But as a consumer, don't you want to know what you're paying for and why pepperoni pizza is $25 for a large at this restaurant, but $27 at this restaurant? Well, it comes down to a whole bunch of things, but can be summarized into three categories. Those three categories are an owner's profit, their fixed costs, and their prime costs. A pizzeria will price their menu based on these factors because at the end of the day, profit is the money they take home. Their fixed costs are the rent and insurance payments that they have to pay. And the prime costs are their labor and their food. Now, if food is going up and labor is going up, guess what? They are not going to deduct from the profit. So they're going to pass it on to you. But if labor is going down and food is going down, then they're likely not going to raise up the prices. All of these kind of affect each other. Let's say they want to make more profit or let's say rent goes up. These will affect prices. What is almost guaranteed, however, is that prices will continue to rise because nothing's getting cheaper. Minimum wage is going up. Price of food is probably going to go up. Real estate is going to go up. And it's not like business owners want to make less. So just be mindful of that. At the end of the day, the sweet spot is finding a pizzeria that uses quality ingredients that can get them at a great rate so that they can pass those savings on to you so that you can buy better quality pizza for cheaper. Now, when I say I want to open a pizza business, I do mean that one day I want to have a restaurant of my own. So naturally, one of the videos that I watched was from a talk by Scott Wiener. Scott is the founder of Scott's Pizza Tours and Slice Out Hunger. And him and his company have spent over $250,000 on pizza. So he knows his stuff. And his talk was about four ways he sees pizzerias fail. Now, I won't talk about all of them because I do want you to watch the video if you're interested to support pizza today. But I will tell you that the one thing that surprised me the most was that so many people fail before they even get started. And by that, Scott means that they mess up their concept phase. What is a concept phase? Well, it turns out that all pizzerias have a concept, or at least they should think about the type of pizzeria they want to be the clientele they want to serve, and their differentiating factor. They also have to consider where their location is and how that's going to affect the type of clientele who will be entering their establishment. He gives a solid list of examples. One of those is a pizzeria who wanted to do giant New York style slice pizzas, as in 26 inch pizzas, and the slices were as big as your head, maybe even bigger. And when they were designing the restaurant, they decided to build a wood-fired oven. Now, for those of you who don't know what a wood-fired oven looks like, maybe you don't work with one, but a wood-fired oven is designed to keep heat in and designed for smaller pizzas that cook really, really quickly. If you're going to have a large 26-inch pizza, it is not going to cook quickly in a wood-fired oven. It's going to take some time. Not only that, but a wood-fired oven has a small opening to help keep the heat in, and a 26-inch pizza isn't going to fit in there. As simple as this may all sound, 
Believe it or not, there are a bunch of pizzerias, according to Scott, that did not think this through. As in, they were stuck either having to remodel and redevelop their plan or close down. While it sucks, it's totally preventable if you just really think, envision, talk it out with other people. It was definitely one of the more memorable talks from such a influential guy, so I definitely recommend checking that one out. For those of you who don't know, I myself am a millennial, and so anything with the topic millennial or technology definitely caught my attention, and there were a few videos that I ended up picking. One of them, Managing Millennials. And I chose this one because I figured a lot of you listeners who are business owners would love to hear about this. Essentially, you can't avoid us and you're basically stuck with us. But there are ways to help make the relationship better, build a more trustworthy team, and there may be even some benefits to hiring millennials, such as having them run your technology, having them create videos for you, having them run your social media, because we all know millennials and their phones. I mean, you can't take it away from me, so good luck taking it away from anyone else. That talk about managing millennials really though had some tips that would just work with managing anyone, and that really touches on making sure they get proper training and holding them accountable. She goes into tips and tricks about how to create checklists, and doing role play and how to rely more on your managers to hold your staff accountable. At the end of the day, your team, whether they're a team full of millennials or not, all have to be accountable, all have to be trained, and all have to be trustworthy of the process. And they hold you and your work culture to a certain standard. So make sure to keep that standard high and expect the best from your employees. One thing I found really fascinating were the statistics about millennials. A lot of people my age and just the world are using third-party applications to order food. And I absolutely do not support that fact, but you cannot shy away from it being very, very valid. The fact of the matter is third-party delivery is here to stay and you either get with a program or start your own delivery program. The main problem that business owners and even consumers have is that they tack on such a high tax for their services. Now I get it. It costs money to pay out those drivers. I really do. But to be collecting from both ends seems almost criminal. But it is what it is. Millennials, I think people in general, but definitely millennials, love to value their time, love convenience, love it, love it, love it and they will pay a premium in order to not be disturbed and continue watching Netflix. Real talk. For those of you who have listened to my other podcasts, you know how I feel about third-party delivery apps. I don't really like them. When it comes down to it, when you order food, you're not getting your food right away. It comes to you cold. You can try to save money by sharing your route with another order and it's just not ideal. I mean, I want to eat my food hot and fresh, not cold and old, but that's just me. For those businesses that do participate in third-party app deliveries, make sure you have a dedicated space for drivers to pick up food, take care of them, don't piss them off because they're handling people's food. And for those of you business owners who have not gotten with the program, guess what? You need to get on some sort of delivery because that's the way you get discovered by people. If you don't offer delivery, some people may never ever try your food 
and you may never find that dedicated regular that will order from you time after time after time, even if it's with DoorDash or Uber Eats. The sad thing is, if you do want to start your own business, like how Panera attempted to do so, really think it out because it may not work. Panera tried doing delivery on their own and they ended up hiring people to do delivery who got tips when they delivered, but during downtime, they were asked to wash dishes and it just wasn't vibing with them because they were getting paid an hourly wage and they weren't getting their tips. So try to find a solution that works for you. But ultimately, what the trend looks like is that delivery is here to stay. Whether their process gets better or not is only a matter of time, but definitely you are responsible for adapting. It's your business. It's your consumer. Please take care of both because at the end of the day, if your pizza spot is good, we want you to survive. Well, that pretty much wraps it up for the show. I want to go ahead and make sure to shout out Pizza Today for putting up those free educational resources. I appreciate it so much. I learned so much. And I think whether you are a pizza novice, a pizza expert, a pizza lover, it's education in video form and it's super easy to comprehend whether it's what flour to use for your dough, what hydration level is, or how to optimize your payroll or market your pizza business. I'm sure you'll enjoy and have a blast looking through these videos. I hope you found the podcast educational. Please tune in next week where I will have an interview with a slice of SF. He is an Instagram pizza reviewer and he is amazing to talk to. If you like this episode, please remember to leave a review and share it with your fellow pizza lovers, fellow pizza business owners, anyone who you think will enjoy and learn from this podcast. Thank you so much for your time. And remember to always ask, what's good dough? Thank you so much for tuning in to the What's Good Dough podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you share it. If you want to get in touch with me, follow us on Instagram at What's Good Dough. And remember to always ask, What's Good Dough?